bless God. So this morning, our text scripture is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation. It said, at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Curianius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral town to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid them in a manger because there was no lodging available for them, right? Um, many people heard the scripture, the, the sermon, there was no room in the inn. Some theologians feel that it was not just an inn, it was like a guest house of a relative of Joseph. So not only was there was no room for Jesus, which is still a problem in our lives. How many people know sometimes it's that our lives get so busy, we feel like there's no room for Jesus in our lives. Ouch, can we say ouch? And the problem was that this was um, Joseph's family. So Mary was not accepted by her in-laws, her future in-laws. And so they heard Mary screaming and crying, giving birth to our Lord and Savior. And um, nobody thought about putting her in the room. And Jesus, you know, it's so amazing how the incarnation, how God broke through the our realm of our veil, right? This side of the veil of existence, right? Because there's a natural side and a supernatural side. And he came to redeem us, and he chose to come through a narrative of uh, like few, like refugee, poverty, uh, you know, just outcast. And that, that gives me hope, right? If you were born with some tough conditions, if you were born poor, if you were born, like my dad told me, like when he was little, I think he said he slept in a drawer, right? They didn't even have a crib for him, right? And he was born with some adversity and that's why he's so strong today. And so if you were born in those conditions, man, take heart that Jesus, God himself came in through the same conditions. So the intro here is God has promised to guide his people, right? You can see those promises all over Psalms, like Psalms 32, 8. And his guidance is evident in the Christmas story. In today's world, it's easy to feel lost and unsure of which path to take in life. We may feel like we're stumbling in the dark, unsure where we are going and what's God's plan for us. But the good news is that we can trust in God's guidance. He is always with us, leading us and directing us in the right way, right? And where God guides, God provides. The Bible tells us that God is our shepherd, that he leads us into the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This means that God's guidance is not just about helping us make good decisions for our own sake, but also for the sake of his reputation and glory, right? His glory intersects with our story. And when we trust in God's guidance, we can be confident that he can lead us in the way that brings him the most honor. Now we see in Jesus' story, he was guided to Bethlehem, a place of promise. Somebody shout out a place of promise. 
Oh, I heard you all the way from here in Bay Ridge. In Luke chapter two, we read it. We see how there was a census that hasn't been taken in a long time. And because of this census, Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. But when you look at the, te uh, the prophecies, Je Jesus' birth and life and ministry and death and resurrection fulfilled hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament. In the book of Micah chapter five, verse two, I don't think a lot of you guys read Micah. Maybe, maybe we'll do a Bible study on Micah one day. It says, uh, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a rule of Israel will come from you, ones whose origins are from a distant path. And so we see here that the Son of God was born in a place of promise. And I want to remind you, saints, watch it right now. I want to encourage and envision you that as we stay in the center of God's will, as we offer ourselves daily as a living sacrifice, as we get in God's word, right? Just stop looking for a voice and a vision and find that voice and a vision in a verse. As we get in God's word, as we pray, as we sacrifice, right, our flesh to live out the great commandment, to make the great confession, right, to make the great commitment of following Jesus, to live out the great commandment and the golden rule, to, to live within the framework of the great commission by the leading of the great companion of the Holy Spirit, we will begin to live a life of great promise. Hallelujah. The place of promise. I, I pray, declare, decree, and prophesy that God will bring you and I in different chapters in our life to a place of promise. When I was watching my beautiful aunt and dad testify in church, I God showed me that I was at that moment. And I, listen, I'm watching my dad, I'm watching my aunt next to my wife, next to my brother, with my children volunteering, with my beautiful uncle and aunt and cousins there and watching, and with Chaplain Pete and Pastor Ray. I've always wanted to do ministry with Pastor Ray, all in the house with his beautiful family. I said, hey, thank you, Lord, that you have brought me into a place of promise. I want you to reflect on the moment right now of when God has brought you to a place of promise. And I want you to thank the Lord for that. But sometimes, you know, we, we, we get all these blessings and we don't stop and think how God's, you know, I, I think about the Santos family in Queens. What a beautiful family, Angelica and Antonio. And I look, I said, wow, they, they're in a place of promise that, 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 Angelica has a prominent position in her school community, that Antonio has a prominent position in the Metro North, you know, uh, career force and, and, and community and how their children are flourishing. And I say, ah, oh, look at God. When I see the Panella families going on vacation, when I see Petey and, and me with community coordinator titles with the city and, 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 and both our city IDs look the same, I say, ha, look at God. When I see my wife, you know, we're, we're getting her associates and her bachelors and her masters and going from a para to a teacher to an ENL teacher in two schools. I said, hey, look at God. When I see my son, when, 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 you know, he didn't get into a certain college he wanted to get into. And I see how Ethan pivots and how God takes up from one blessing to another blessing from hackathons to AI conferences to writing books. I said, hey, look at God. When I see my son, Eddie, who used to struggle in school, flourish in college. I said, hey, look at God. God has brought me and guided me to a place of promise. 
glory. What about you this morning? Second big idea is God, you, we see Jesus guided to Egypt, a place of protection. The book of Matthew chapter two, verse three to 15 says, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord, the wise men were gone. See, the wise men represents a place of provision, a place of provision. Oh, can I stop and, and, and chat for a second about the wise men? I love this. It wasn't three, it was a bunch of them. They were Jews, they had turbans, they were Asian, they were African, they were Arabic. Hey, hallelujah, shout out to my North African and Middle Eastern communities. I'm praying for many Coptic Christians to come to our church and fellowship with us one day. But they, they came off the prophecy of Daniel that their descendants were co-workers under Daniel's supervision as the chief of the wise men under um, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, and he would share the prophecy. And when they saw the star, they'd been waiting for Jesus appearing. They'd been waiting for God to come into earth. And they came and they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that's a whole sermon on, on provision and, and repentance and, and prayer and faith. But it was a place of provision. I wanted to speak to somebody that God has brought you to a place of provision and you didn't give back. I want to remind somebody God has brought you to a place of provision and you are not lifting as you climb. We have to lift as we climb and we have to give back to the kingdom of God. After the wise men were gone, place of provision, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And now he has the money with the wise men to travel. The angel says, stay there till I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for eat. That night, ooh, look at the obedience. It was a word of God from old preachers. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Look at that obedience. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there till Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord has spoken through the prophets. I called my son out of Egypt. You know, when, when, when all the experts in reading the Old Testament before Jesus came, they're like, how is all this possible? Bethlehem, Nazareth, Egypt. But God made it happen, the beautiful narrative of our Savior's life, a place of protection. You know, for some of us, when we come to church, some of us, it's a place of inspiration. For some of us, it's a place of protection because there's protection and connection. And so I want to remind you to let God bring you to that place of protection. And oftentimes in our context, in our paradigm, it happens through relationships and associations. I want to speak to you, some of you who are in a union and you never go to your union meetings. Ouch. I want to speak to you that you live in a community all your life and you never go to a community board meeting. Ouch. I want to speak to you that some of you live in a co-op or, or a Mitchell Lama building or, or a condo and you never go to the board meetings. Ouch. Um, brother Greg one time taught me. He said, brother, sometimes you got to get in that table because if you're not in the table, you may be on the menu. And the place of protection for some of us is through association, is through connection. 
and is always to a place where we seek God, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And, you know, some we hear saints say, I was nudged not to go to work that day. I was nudged not to talk back that day. I was nudged to walk away. I was nudged that I walked into that train and I felt bad vibes and I and I came off. I was I was ready to take. I remember Sister Natalie said when when the hor horrific shooting on the N train in, in 36th Street that she was norm me and her were normally on that train. I had to leave earlier for a principal's conference and she left later because she had a a, a great conversation with her dad in the morning. Is sometimes God sets up nudges for a place of protection. And the last thing is guided to Nazareth, a place of purpose. Matthew chapter two, verse 19 through 23. When Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in, Israel, in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. You know, the angel wasn't really nice. Like, good morning, you know, how, how's everything? How you feeling? Good, oh, okay, how's the weather in Egypt? He said, get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. You know, I have a word for somebody here. I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me, they'll tell you that some of you guys are missing opportunities because we're too sensitive. Because sometimes the person who is in a position to bless you is not very tactful. The person in a position to bless you may not even like you. The person in a position to bless you may not even be a Christian, may have a different worldview and ideology, but hidden in the rudeness, hidden in the, in the what's it called, curtness, hidden in uh, the abruptness is a place of purpose, a place of provision. All right. So he said, take the child. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. And when, before he said the child and, and Mary, the mother, but Jesus and his mother, when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet, the prophet has said, he will be called a Nazarene, a place of purpose. Listen, how many of us know in the crazy story of our life, we went here, we went there, we went here, we were there, this person died, this per we got laid off. And, and listen, we got to continue to seek ye first the kingdom of God. We have to continue to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We got to continue to listen to the voice in the verse. We got to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to nudge us and, and push us and inspire us to be in our place of purpose. Are you getting something out of this? Let me know in the chat. All right, so the big ideas. We see in Jesus' story a place of promise, a place of provision, a place of protection, and a place of purpose. And I speak this into your life right now. I'm just here to remind you, God's guidance is a precious gift that we could trust in and rely on. We could trust in God's guidance. We could be confident that he will lead us in the right way, that he will use us to accomplish his purpose in this world. Let us be open to God's guidance and follow where he leads, knowing that he is with us every step of the way. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone watching, Lord God, on Facebook and Zoom that we will just offer ourselves as a living sacrifice every morning, 
that we will seek ye first the kingdom of God, that we will have a plan to read many verses in the New Testament every day so we can hear your voice and see your vision in the verses. May we live a great life by making the great confession, honoring the great commitment to follow you, living by the great commandment and the golden rule, taking part in the great commission and following the leading of the great companion, the leading and the empowering of the great companion, the Holy Spirit, and reading the great covenant of the New Testament as much as we could. Father, bless your people. Guide us, bring us to a place of promise, a place of provision, a place of protection, and a place of purpose. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So give me 